0: Welcome, my friend. You are listening to Read Clean YA with CJ, the podcast for teens and young adults who want to explore exciting worlds, deep themes, and epic stories without the objectionable content. I'm your host, award-winning young adult author, CJ Malasi, and in this episode, we are going to dive into an author interview with fellow young adult author, RJ Conti. After escaping through a shiny portal and being crowned fairy queen of ten different planets, RJ Conti sporadically returns to our world to write fiction that explores human nature and the depths of the soul. Her secret earth side base is located in the mysterious and lush Pacific Northwest and includes a Vulcan, three magical girls, and a rabbit who thinks he's a bird. RJ, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, CJ. I love that bio. It is so much fun and just gives us a glimpse into your personality. <laughs> I'm glad. Yes, yeah, so great. So RJ has... Several different books available but today we will be talking about The End of the Dream and I'm really excited to dive into chatting more about this story. I personally just started the book and it is already capturing my attention and I'm so intrigued. So RJ, can you tell us a little bit about this story? Well, I started writing it when I
1: was having surprise infertility between my second and third kids and it was a way to pull on Deep themes I had felt for a while, but also the, the stressfulness of not knowing if I was going to be able to complete the family that I thought I was supposed to have and how no matter how old we are, whether we're teens, because it definitely is very much a teen book, or whether we're moms wanting that next kid, or whether we're somebody with, you know, career issues, or life issues, or health issues, we have a dream of what we think our life is supposed to look like. And when it doesn't go that way, we can really, really struggle with who is God, and what what does he care about me, and what's going to happen, and these plot twists in life aren't always what we wanted. And how do we balance that with what we dream about? And are we open-minded to what God wants to do? So kind of covering a lot of those themes. And the neat thing was I got to finish it. I put it down and then got to finish it after I did give birth to my third child, some miraculous intervention, Mm -hmm. and she's been such a blessing. So...
0: Isn't that so how God works sometimes? He takes the hardest places in our lives and there does something mm-hmm. that is miraculous and beautiful that really could never have happened outside of it. And it sounds like this story got yeah. birthed in a particularly painful season, Yeah. but then how God moved beyond that. That's so fantastic. So if you were to describe like the story in a nutshell, how would you describe this book?
1: Um well not to give any spoilers because it definitely has what i hope is that RJ Conti mystery twist that i think my readers start to expect <laughs> but yes. um it's definitely a book about a young teen girl whose family is absent, who's decided to just isolate herself, who's living in a beautiful area. Actually, I set the story in a small town near me that's about an hour away where I have a good friend who lives, and it's just gorgeous. I took like 50 pictures in her area and decided I've got to set a book here, but it's this really tiny, small town. So a lot of the things set in the town in the book are, are real, and just you know, obviously people's names change, but... And so she's just isolated. She she has a workaholic dad. Her mom left when she was little. Her stepmom is flighty and, and goofy and doesn't get her and is super young. And so her life, she just feels like she's been forgotten. She's just mm-hmm. completely forgotten. She's bitter. She's angry. And she just meets this really exotic, fun teenage guy who's got a summer bucket list. And he's looking for somebody like her to complete it with him because he's that kind of a guy. And so he's new to the area, too. And He sees somebody that needs prodding out of her comfort zone and they embark on basically kind of like social experiments as well as ministry opportunities. And he pushes her out of her comfort zone, but he shows up every day in the same outfit and he seems to just kind of bike his way around. And she starts to wonder like, is he okay? Is he homeless? Like what's actually going on? He's not telling me his full story. And so in a way she really gets to focus on somebody outside of herself and his testimony is really epic because he's had quite a hard life. And so that shakes her out of, of her thinking about God too. So it's really basically two teens who embark on like a summer of, Ministry, thinking of others, social experiments, and definitely getting to know and hopefully fall in love with each other.
0: Very cool. It is a really well written story. Like I said earlier, I started it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it. When I started it, I just immediately started getting engaged in these characters and this world. And uh, Vivian is the main character, right? And she has all these things that you can relate with in some ways. And I think many teens can understand feeling like, oh, my parents aren't around or I long for this relationship with my dad that I don't have. And things like that, that you feel that very real emotion and then the idea of that this new guy coming in and kind of breaking her out of her own head and her own shell. Right. I think a lot of us need that sometimes in our lives, somebody to come in and kind of push us to think outside of ourselves because stuck in our own heads is a, a very dangerous place to be. And we all can find ourselves there at different seasons of our lives, for sure.
1: Well, and I think that all of us have a story like that uh, to some extent, whether it be your best friend when you're a teen or whether it be a mentor figure in your church or whether it be a you know favorite teacher at school, somebody that really caused you to think in a new and different way when you felt like you were in a in a depressed rut, which really is what Vivian is. And uh, I've definitely heard from people who have read the book and have been in divorce situations in their childhood, especially that it was relatable to them. And so that that's really mm-hmm. what I wanted to. And what was really important to me, too, is that there's so much teen fiction and teen content where the teen is, like, solo out to save the world by themselves, and they're just supposed to just make it on their own and figure out stuff on their own, and that's a really popular trope is, like... Teen doesn't tell anybody about what's going on and, and does great things. And while that's a fun trope sometimes because it gives the teen reader or the teen viewer an opportunity to kind of picture themselves as a heroic adult, well, it was important right. to me to kind of shake that up and do something different. And so I've, I've been told that the chemistry between Vivian and her stepmom is is just as good as the romance because it was important for me that she also learned to develop that relationship with a parental character, um, a parental yeah. figure. And so that was, you know, she involves her stepmom in the story and in the unfolding mystery. And their relationship also has its twists and turns and growth. And that was really important for me to show, too. Like, you know, this, some parent figures, some parent figures are absent and difficult, you know, her dad, but others are Mm -hmm. really trying. And if if you can work with them, you can have a good, safe relationship with a parent, hopefully. And so that was the goal as well.
0: I love that because it's true. So often in teen fiction, young adult books or even movies that are geared Mm -hmm. toward teens and young adults, there is that idea of it's us as the teens against them as the adults and there can't be a good adult figure. And that's a really dangerous concept to allow to enter our hearts and minds because we need as young people you need older people in your life. And as older people, you need younger people in your life because God created us to have multiple ages interacting with us to help us grow and learn and become who we are made to be. And the teens that try to figure it all out on their own, they make for a good story, but the reality is that's not how life works. And we need older people who have matured and grown and gone through the hard things we're experiencing in our lives now so that they can like reach back and be like, oh, you can get through this. God can bring you through this. There's another place here This besides just what it feels like right now. Like this crazy reality you're in, it does get better. It does change. God can bring you through that. But when it's just you and everyone your age, all you think is that there's no way through or I have to give into peer pressure or whatever the case might be. And we need that older figure in our lives. So I love that you developed that parental relationship. What are some we've talked a little bit about different things tropes and stuff connected to your book, but are there some tropes or books that are similar to this story that readers would recognize maybe and know, oh, I loved that book, so this sounds like the type of book for me?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um when I tried st- pitching this book to a couple um, traditional American publishers, one of their comments was, I feel like this follows much more of an anime Asian style of storytelling and Asian plot. I was definitely inspired by a couple animes more than anything. I I don't feel like there's as much of the whole one act story pacing, teen and parent get involved together in a sort of mystery, fantastical situation, that kind of a concept. I don't feel like There are a lot of comparable books in that way. Maybe Freaky Friday is another one where there's something fantastical that happens, but teen and parent kind of have to see through each other's eyes and work together to right the wrongs, especially with, you know, an an interested teen boy. That would probably be the, the most similar one I could think of, but also that one's played up a lot for laughs with some deep heart to it. But definitely in the anime front, I was inspired by Kyoto Animations are key animations show canon which is probably a lot more niche i'm not sure if if people have heard about it as much but definitely that was a really inspiring anime that i wanted to kind of play off, as well as the forest of firefly light which was an anime movie that i really liked okay. and wanted to kind of explore the concept in an american sort of christian way so if you combine all of those maybe you'll get something similar to my book very there are cool. probably cool. other there are probably other teen concepts of like Bucket list completion stories that I'm just not thinking of on the spot that are going to have a similar feel, I hope. But I feel like those, again, tend to get tend to dip their toes into that not clean fiction world where it's like, ooh, you know, I would not have done that. (laughs) And that's not this. Uh, Ash, the main guy character, his goal really is to draw Vivian into a better relationship with Christ because he's seen the worst And he's come out of that. And his goal is to, in everything that he does, his goal is strategically to not only do things that God has laid on his heart, but to bring Vivian into more of that deep relationship that he has with God. And so he's very ministry-focused Um, Mm. And I like to think Mm -hmm. that maybe it would give teens good ideas for fun and creative and even like thrilling things to do in their summers and with their spare time. I don't know. I have three girls. My oldest is 12. So I'm just about to hit that. And I did read them the book this year, even at 12 and 11, skipping like one kind of definitely more hard hitting section, but really wanted, I really thought that they were ready for it and they were really touched by it. And I thought this is kind of the relationship I want to have with them going forward Um, Hopefully in a, yeah, just just a good teen mom relationship where, hey, we can do these kinds of things together and we can serve our community.
0: I love that. And I don't think there are as many great teen mom relationships that are displayed in books or That a lot of kids experience. Unfortunately, that mom, that broken relationship with moms seems to be more and more prevalent in our culture than ever before. And I was personally so blessed by my mom. She's the person I dedicated my first book to because she's such a support and an encouragement and such a godly example to me. And I think just for teens to know that that's how God wanted moms to be with their kids. Like he wants God created moms to be that nurturer, that champion, that cheerleader on the sideline who is there for you, who you can share things with, who's not judging you, who loves you unconditionally, and to display an aspect of his heart and his love to us as his children. And I am so thankful for that in my own life with my mom. And I love hearing from you, a mom who's seeking to do that with your kids. And I think it's something that for those who don't have a great mom relationship, mother, daughter, mother, son, whatever it might be, just to know like the things that you feel that you wish you had, that brokenness that you feel there, the things you long for that aren't there, those longings were put there by God because what you're experiencing now is not what he intended. So I love that you have things woven into your story to point to a better way because that longing is in us because it's an echo of something God intended to give us and our broken world doesn't allow that sometimes, which is so tragic. Well said, yes, I agree. Speaking of your book, before we... We've already touched on different themes, which I love. This conversation has been already so much fun for me because I love the deep conversation. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a favorite character or maybe a scene that you really enjoyed writing in this story?
1: Um, Boy, that's hard to say because there are obviously some really deep, gut-wrenching, serious scenes, and then there's some really funny scenes. I can tell you... <laughs> Probably, probably what I should, what I should like bank on the, the go with the funny, but so a lot of it's set right there in Index, Washington. And so I wanted to bring in the culture of the small town. And in Gold Bar, the nearby city, nearby town, also small town, way out in the middle of nowhere with these beautiful mountains, they have a little tiny grocery store called Family Grocery Store. And it's really the closest thing that Vivian and Ash have to a regular grocery store. And so one of the one of the bucket list things that Ash wants to do is to buy diapers for the local crisis pregnancy center. And um, obviously this sparks a lot of emotion in Vivian because neither of them had present or good or healthy moms. Obviously, you know, I'm developing the relationship with her and her stepmom, but her birth mom left her at three. And so, Mm. you know, Ash is like, let's help other, you know, other moms who are hard up with their own children. And she's just like, I don't want anything to do with mothers. It's like a dirty word to me. I don't, I don't like this. And so she gets really emotional and they're in the baby aisle and she decides to like rage throw bottles off of a shelf and so they all go bounce you know hit the ground and and she she's in kind of that mode of like pushing on him to see how cantankerous she can be and see if he leaves her because that's her relationships in life is people leave her and so she pushes a little bit with her anger to see what happens and he just you know watches the bottles hit and looks up and he's like well that was a hot Hulk move you know and, he, and she's just like taken aback <laughs> by his calm and sense of humor and they end up going forward with buying the diapers and get all sorts of weird comments from checkout people and so it's a really cute scene but what was fun was on one of these visits to my friend getting into, in, you know, intel for the book and taking notes and pictures I actually stopped by the grocery store made sure no one was around and went in the aisle to see exactly what would happen if i knocked bottles off and what sound they would make and if anyone would come running and just wanted to recreate the scene and right. they didn't like bounce really, they just like smack the crowd of my girls were like what are you doing and i'm like oh this is for my book you know research <laughs> <laughs> and then i uh, yes. got yeah so it was a lot of fun and, and nobody came and the checkout lady was sweet and endearing and i got to kind of put that whole atmosphere and vibe right into the story so that was a lot of fun
0: that is hysterical oh my goodness i can imagine your girls were dying a little bit watching this happen
1: (laughs) they were pretty young they were toddlers
0: at the at the time so it was more just like what (laughs) yes 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 she tells me not to throw my toys i'm so confused (laughs) Didn't like That's, break anything. It was just more like
1: if I sure. just like top top, you know, throw these on the ground, see what happens, and then picked them all up. But it was a lot of fun. I wanted to see how many diapers did the store even stock. And yeah, sure. it was a lot of fun. So I like I like having a touch of because I used to write way back as a young adult some historical fiction, and I've I i do not do that anymore, but I really do like doing my research and having sure. a touch of some location, whether it be here in the Pacific Northwest or or something where it's like, okay. Somebody could almost go to the spot and feel like they were there, or I've brought some of the normal everyday life into my story, so that was fun. <laughs>
0: I think those are the things that make a story come to life because they're Mm -hmm. the tangible. You feel it when the author knows the setting well enough that they can describe it and bring it to life. All right. So we've already talked a bit about some of the themes in your story, but do you think when you think about this book in particular, is there a theme or an overall something overall that you're trying to express in this story through this book?
1: So I also am a survivor of a cult. (laughs) <laughs> I grew wow. up in a cult. If you've seen, if anyone any in your audience has seen or heard of the Shiny Happy People documentary about Bill Gothard and IBLP and ATI, that's the cult I grew up in. Um, wow. The Duggar, the Duggar family, that whole concept. And so there's very much needed a decon. I needed a deconstruction of who actually is God after all, and what does this look like, and what is my relationship with Him supposed to be. And I'm um, doing a lot of that in my 30s, especially, which I think is pretty normal. You get away from, sure. you know, your own childhood. You have a couple kids of your own and you, you look at them and you go, oh, I didn't feel as, you know, safe and happy in my relationship with God as they do. Okay. And so definitely, definitely that was an important theme in this book as well of just how can Vivian, who's had such a... A wrong view of God because of her parents her dad in specific how can she rethink all of that in a biblical way watching this young man who has suffered even far worse than she has in life and yet believes that God loves him and has that raw intimate relationship with God in his prayer life and his bible reading and in his care for others and how she really has almost no excuse but to sit and think about that for herself. Um, because she can always, in her small, really homey town, her life looks the worst. I mean, she's sure. she's well off. She's got enough money. but She's got a shoe collection that she loves. And her dad just hands her his credit card. But, like, as far as family relationships... Like she can always paint herself as the worst victim compared to everybody else around her. But then when this young man shows up from you know foster care, kind of, she's like, okay, your life really was hard. And he's like, and yeah, and God has been with me every step of the way. And my relationship with him is more vibrant than ever. And it's almost like it's it's that push for her to say, I've got no excuse but to look at this for myself. So that's really important. An important theme, I think, is just... Her thinking outside the box and really going back to the heart of who God is in a, in a fresh, new way.
0: Mm. I think that is so important because, like we talked about earlier, so many teens and young adults around us with the divorce rate as what it is, so many people just living with absentee parents or parents who left completely or not even being raised by parents, but grandparents, or they have really terrible home lives in different ways. And it can be very easy to transition our emotions about the difficult things in our lives to God and act like he's the reason for all of those problems. So to take a story and walk through that with characters and watch that unfold. I've said this before on the podcast, but I will say it again. I love how stories can give us a glimpse at something unfolding and allow us to watch it play out as though we're watching it through the life of a character and kind of living it with them, but then take that and apply it to our own lives because it's a truth. It's a reality that God isn't the sum of the worst things in our lives. He's so much bigger. He's so much greater. And he will still be with us through those hard things. And he wants to show us himself there. And so to have Vivian and Ash kind of demonstrate that through this book is such a neat thing to be able to, for especially for those who are going through hard things in life or have gone through. And even if you haven't yet, like we all go through hard things. So then to stop and think like, who is God here? And what does that look like? I think that's an important question and something we all need to wrestle through at some point in our lives.
1: Well, and, and also you you named a bunch of like really obvious situations to absentee parents and, and um, divorce situations and suffering situations. But I think my readership tends to be, and maybe you'll find yours too, that that clean reader, Christian teen, they tend to, to think, well, my life looks like it's pretty good and pretty perfect, like I've got nothing to complain about, but I don't feel loved and I don't feel mm-hmm. emotionally safe and I don't feel like I can trust my parent. And um, I think a lot of those of us that come out of situations like that, it actually was worse than we knew <laughs> and it yeah. was subtle. and and insidious kind of like the cultic thinking and there was no way to know that when you're the frog in the pot of boiling water until you get out from it and so i don't i wanted to make sure in this book that vivian is never condemned for her feelings even though she's living in this wealthy home with a private chef and a stepmom that spoils her rotten like there were some truly brain-breakingly hard things that hurt her faith in god And even though she didn't have, like, I don't know where my next meal is coming from and my drunk mother might hurt me, like Ash and his testimony, the absentee, the, the absentee parent, the emotionally immature parent, the... Um, emotional neglect, the just shut up, your life is fine mentality is just as abusive and just as harmful. Yes. And Ash really promotes that and he validates her and he tells her he's proud of her for the fact that she stays on the, the straight and narrow and she just continues to put one foot in front of the other, even through her bitterness and anger and struggles that she's having and and validates that both both kinds of suffering, the really obvious kinds and the really subtle kinds, can break a teen's faith or can hurt a teen's faith and can really show is their relationship with God where it needs to be and what do they believe about God and that this is hard. And that's, I, I really feel like my ministry is to Christian teens who have come out of good Christian homes, who maybe it was a lot worse than they realized and it was subtle. And my books kind of talk to that deconstructor teen or young adult that's going what is the truth here and why don't I feel good, yeah. even though everything says I should feel good about my life and about, about Christianity and how we can like start over with just God's word and just in a relationship with him and he's there for us. And then to validate mm-hmm. those feelings that are so subtle. Um, cause yeah. that's really, that's really where I kind of came from. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying there because it's so true and it's easy to minimize this, the struggle for some of those teens and it's, but yet God doesn't minimize our pain and he never wastes our pain. He will always redeem that if we will give it to him. And, I think even for that teen who everyone at church thinks that their home life is great, but that parent's a hypocrite. And as soon as they close the door to their house, it's a whole nother place and no one believes it or, or sees it or understands. And it can be so easy when you're living in a place where hypocrisy and lies are prevalent to then understand what is that? Who is God? This is who my parents claim they serve. And yet this is what they do. And all of that, like you said, it can break a teen, it can break a young adult. And there's that point where, like you said, we need to sit with our Bible and Jesus and let him speak his truth into our hearts and lives and bring healing to places that maybe nobody even realized were as painful and broken as they right. are. Is
1: that death by a thousand paper cuts mentality. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: yes. yes. Wow.
1: So that's kind of <laughs> exactly. like what I like to cover because that's, that's what I can relate to. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think many, many can relate to that for sure. Cause it's easy to be told, well, there's children starving in Africa, which Mm -hmm. is true. And that's a struggle and hard. And I can't imagine, but yet, sometimes people say things like that to minimize someone else's pain. And that's not God's heart in any way. Like Jesus always intentionally took people aside wherever they were at in their pain and brokenness and need, and he met them there. And that's what he delighted to do. And he never said, well, you might be blind, but that person was dead. And I think that was a bigger issue. Like he never did that, you know, and he still doesn't do that with our pain. And so wherever, you know, you're at in your pain, in your brokenness, in your need you can come to Jesus and bring that to him and he will not minimize that. I'm so resonating with this theme. Obviously, I Good. love it. <laughs> okay, so we're kind of coming to more of the tail end of our time. So because this conversation has been so fantastic, oh, I'm so glad. I would just love if you could share a little bit about you and what started you on your journey to becoming an author.
1: Definitely uh, childhood escapism. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if I can create reality and, and put my thoughts and feelings over here, then that's going to be a way to cope, I think, is mm. definitely how got started. But then just also <laughs> God just gifting with more of an imaginative nature and hopefully using that, especially now in adulthood, for, for good and for his glory. Um, it's just definitely been always a way that I could put these kinds of feelings and thoughts somewhere and have them live and exist and survive and, and glorify him, hopefully. So, mm. I definitely have been telling stories since I could speak, and <laughs> now a second-generation homeschool mom, homeschooling uh, my three girls. And I love Bible study. I love issue-driven ministry, getting to the heart of things, and just kind of trying to always in my evenings make time for writing after being with, you know, being a kid mom all day and, and go back to those roots of what I wished somebody had said to me as a teen, things that I wish I could have learned from or benefited from and to pour back into fellow survivors of, mm. what's the term I want to use, like Christian patriarchism, <laughs> like, yeah. and um, uh, cr- young, young adult Christians who are really wanting to sit with the hard stuff and develop their faith in new ways. And not all of my books are overtly Christian but hopefully they always have that theme of getting to the heart Um, heart and relationships and um, whether that be romance like in the end of the dream or whether that be more of that mother child or mentor and mentee or sibling I really like to cover relationships because I feel like that's where my heart is at and um, my interests kind of vary along those lines and just always seeing where God is using me and right now the main ministry is that homeschooling at home but the writing keeps me sane
0: (laughs) I can imagine. Three girls at home must be a lot to do in a homeschooling day, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Especially those middle school years. it gets The work gets longer and harder.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't want to go back to those years, so I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> They're a delight, though. They're so much fun. Yes, yes. I love it. And I also really love that you focus so much on relationships because God designed us for community for other people to be in our lives and you know that verse in Proverbs as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his mm-hmm. friend and that idea of we need other people in our lives to sharpen us, to hone us to help us and yeah. we need those people like Ash with Vivian to be a reflection to say like hey there's more than just you, there's more than just us because alone is not the way we were designed to to live and function right. in this world we need, we need others.
1: Especially after the world going through COVID. I really, you know, I wrote The End of the Dream before COVID, but it was fun to revisit it this year with my girls and be reminded of those small town values of people out walking and hanging out outside and just connecting with each other and meeting up and and doing stuff together in person and just just trying to get back to those like those mm-hmm. feels, and I think the whole world is, especially America, after what we've been through, of like that. W- that was awful. Like I hated it being was. isolated. How can we connect in new ways and do new things? And so that that's a, that was a fun one to revisit. Like, oh yeah, that was my heart for my community, and um, I wanna I want to get back
0: to that now that we can. Yes, that's fantastic. Well, before we wrap things up today, RJ, can you let everyone know where they can find out more about you and your books?
1: Yeah, probably the best place since I would like to redo my website at this point, probably the best place is just my Facebook author page, R.J. Conti Authorists, and then I sell my books on Amazon.com under my name, R.J. Conti, and yeah, that's probably the best way, and anyone can message message me through the uh, Facebook author page I try to get back within the day, and, and let me know if God has touched your heart in these ways, or if you've come out of hard situations. I really do love mm-hmm. to listen to what teens are going through, and linda uh, praying uh, prayer support and and listening ear
0: yes me too and i think that's one of the reasons this conversation was so much fun today because (laughs) we both have that heart so thank you rj for being here today and a part of the read clean ya with cj podcast well thank you cj and for your support of other authors it's been a blessing I hope you enjoyed the conversation with R.J. Conti. R.J. and I are both part of an awesome group of authors at Fayette Press, and it was wonderful to chat with her, get to know her better, and hear her heart behind her stories. The End of the Dream is a bit different from other books in our Read Clean YA with CJ lineup. It's more contemporary with a sweet romance, deep conversations, and a hint of a mystery. If you're looking for an emotional adventure with engaging characters, a small town setting, and conversations that make you think, you'll love this book. For young or sensitive readers, I recommend having a parent or trusted adult read this story first. Like RJ mentioned in her interview, she read the book out loud with her girls, but she intentionally skipped certain scenes and hard conversations. This book deals with some very difficult topics, including abuse and neglect and more. But RJ also does a beautiful job of demonstrating how God doesn't waste or minimize our pain. All that to say, this book is probably for a slightly older, young adult reader. RJ has also graciously agreed to be part of our epic Christmas giveaway, and she's including a copy of The End of the Dream. So be sure to head over to the giveaway page and enter for your chance to win this book, along with all the other amazing goodies in the Christmas giveaway. We are fully into Christmas season now, speaking of Christmas giveaway, and if you are like me, you are frantically looking for gifts for the loved ones in your life. Shopping for Christmas in advance always sounds like such a great idea, but I never do it. If that's you too, then here's my big tip for Christmas gifts, especially for those who are particularly difficult to buy for give them a book. When you do this, you're giving them an adventure, a journey, a chance to escape into another world and discover new things. What better gift is there? And if you're not sure which books to give, I recommend checking out the ones we've talked about in this podcast. If you love young adult dystopian, be sure to check out my Taliona series. Books one and two are now available wherever books are sold. Next week, I'll be talking with young adult author R.J. Metcalf about her exciting steampunk adventure series that begins with Renegade Skyfarer. Thank you so much for listening to Read Clean YA with CJ. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend so they can discover exciting, clean young adult books too.